Imagine surrounding yourself with incredible women, women who've overcome challenges, they've rebounded after failures and disappointments, and women who are not afraid to shine their brilliance to make a mark in the world. These women support other like-minded women because they know there is plenty of opportunity for everyone and that together we really can make a difference, grow our businesses while have fun along the way. This is what Women in Leadership Podcast is all about. Welcome. I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cross. Grab a cover of your favorite beverage, pull up a chair and let's get this conversation started. And welcome to another episode. So my guest today says mentorship and sponsorship are that engine that propels STEM success. Joining me on today's show is Tiffany Tichi. Tiffany is a senior mechanical engineer, a STEM advocate, a TEDx international speaker, and best-selling author known for her children's books, What Can I Be? STEM Careers from A to Z, as well as the STEM Crew Kids Adventure Series. She's also a women's empowerment and entrepreneurship author, hosting the Read It Right radio show and the Engineering Management Institute Women in Engineering podcast. She is the founder of STEM Crew magazine and owns Thrive Edge Publishing and Inspired Authors Publishing. Wow. With a 19 years of engineering experience, Tiffany she is dedicated to inspiring young minds towards STEM careers, particularly through her work in publishing her children's books on that subject. Now, on today's show, Tiffany is going to share the importance of resilience, the power of a growth mindset, as well as the transformative impact of empowering others. Welcome to the show, Tiffany. Thank you so much. I'm excited to have this discussion. So thank you for having me. Absolutely. Wow. I am blown away by your involvements and your passion. I can really see that come through in the work that you do and the support for for children, um, encouraging a STEM, um, yeah, a a STEM career. Have you always been, uh, you know, involved and enjoying that? that that pathway was it someone that inspired you when you were younger tell us a little bit about your history and how you got into this field yes so i started out thinking i was going to be a lawyer <laughs> i thought i could you know as far as debate and do all that but i actually had parents um, my mom was an educator my dad was an entrepreneur um they owned their own um you know his own business and they encouraged me as far as the power of education and 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 working hard. So my brother, he's also an engineer. So we both had to take a math and science Saturday Academy. So we have to go every Saturday to a math and science Academy. And from there, um, we learned the value of, you know, problem solving, different things in that manner, as far as how engineering could play a role with it. And I was good at, you know, somewhat at math. I needed some tutor a little bit, but you didn't have to be all the way in it, but know that problem solving was a part of it. And so we would go to the math and science Saturn Caddy and I learned the value of it. And so became an engineer, um, went to school, University of North Carolina, Charlotte, undergrad in mechanical, actually went an undecided engineer. I didn't know what type, um, but then decided that was the route I was going to go with mechanical because I needed something I could visualize, things that move. And so that's why I decided to go into mechanical engineering. And so, um, like I said, I've been in it 19 years in the industry and it's been a 
a journey. It's been a journey in itself of knowing that I'm representing. It's a male dominated field and um, it's been a journey in itself. So when you look at, uh, obviously, the involvement in, in the industry when you joined, I'd imagine that there are a lot more women now it, it entering into the f field. So if we look back um, over the last, say, 10 or so years, do you see, I mean, I hope that you would see a lot more women even recognising and thinking, you know, gosh, this is a, this is a career path for me too. Yes, it's growing. Um, there's it's still it's still room for improvement. Got a long way to go. We've we've still got a ways to go. But it's improved as far as the representation of more females um, being in this industry of a male dominated field. And so I've you know seen the growth, and I've been a part of organizations that try to encourage more of women in it. So for example, Society of Women Engineers, SWE, um, National yeah. Society of Black Engineers, as far as the diversity side of things. And so organizations like that have helped with the old increasement of seeing some representation, especially as females um, and underrepresented mm -hmm. minorities in the field. Well, so. If you have a look at the various, um, you know, what we might call barriers or, or roadblocks, what are some of the major ones that would prevent um, even young girls considering that it, it does it start early on in the classroom, right through to obviously teenage years and, and as they're growing and, and learning? What do you see are some of the key areas if we can continue to educate and empower and start talking about that? We, we could have a lot more women thinking, you know what, this is a wonderful career path for me. What are some of the things that you would say? Definitely starting early. Like I said, I was thinking I would be a lawyer, but math, I was in those math classes and you know, girls can sometimes get intimidated because they feel like the math is for the boys and everything too. But if we can start early and let these girls see that they're just as smart and, and that plays a role with trying to encourage them. Representation, if they can start seeing females that's engineers and then the STEM and science, technology, engineering, math careers, that helps. Showing different activities where they can work together um, and see how teamwork, we have to work together. The job that I work, I have to be put with Bob or anybody. <laughs> um, so working as a team, so collaboration, if girls can see that and boys see how you've got to work together in these type of problem solving, critical thinking, starting early mm -hmm. is key. And it is the empowerment. It is the building the confidence early with these girls that I think is key. And by doing that, I think that's what's where you start early is going to be yes. the part where they see it themselves in it as well. You know, uh, I had a conversation with a guest earlier today. So this would be the show before uh, our one today, Tiffany. And we were talking about change leadership and how often we can come up. And there is a point to why I'm sharing this and how when we change our approach and how we enter the conversation and the way we interact with a person can very much determine their approach and how they are going to respond. Now, if I take that premise of what we spoke about with that interview and think back to when I was in math class and I, I was too embarrassed to ask questions if I didn't understand things because people would roll their eyes and all those kind of things. And you don't want to let anyone know that, hey, I, I'm just... Um, and so we, we don't ask. And one of the reasons too, and I think even in my science classes, the teachers never bothered to share with us or that I can recall, why are we learning this? If we learn this, what are some practical applications 
that we could use in in a work environment. And had they done that, it would very much have opened my eyes. And I reflect back to a comment that when we were speaking with young children and asking them to do something, you know, that, that, that why, why are we doing that? The response of because I told you so was similar to the response, why are we learning this? Because it's part of the curriculum. And it's like, well, that really inspires me to learn that. It doesn't grab the interest. But had I learned, well, then you can do this and you can do that. That puts a whole other interest and curiosity around the topic. Would you agree? I agree. I mean, that's the biggest piece is, you know, you tell them do it, but having those curiosity early on, like you have those kids just asking questions, but then you have those that might not be asking as much questions. And it's like, pick their brains, start seeing and say the different opportunities that they can see themselves in these different things. And I think the hands-on activities is a great way for them to see themselves doing the activities, the problem solving, the asking questions. Okay. So why did this happen? So it's now allowing them to start thinking, okay, well, it happened because of this. Why didn't it work? Because sometimes you have to, they had to learn, you know, it might not work the first time, but what do you got to do to test it out? And so, and that's a part of life. (laughs) And so they're learning life skills as well in the process and how everyday things that we do, you can also do it from a hands-on activity for kids to learn um, earlier on and they can learn the purpose of it. You know, doing the different hands-on activities is a great way for them to see themselves doing it and seeing how it can play a role with everyday materials using that. Um, I've done examples of doing um, one of the hands on straws and marshmallows, create the tallest tower with just the material you have. These are the resources you have who can do it in a certain amount of time and challenging Mm -hmm. them and challenging their mind, I think, plays a role with um, for them to see themselves and the purpose of what you're doing as well. Yeah, absolutely. You know, one of the interesting conversations we've often had time and time again with women who have uh, entered into male-dominated industries and particularly teams, quite often those women who are really thriving uh, and they've never really looked at, you know, that, 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 anybody even thought oh well here's a woman but I remember one one woman actually said when she entered the team that the men actually said to her oh thank goodness we have just longed to hear a women's perspective to the things that we're going through because as men we bring a certain thought pattern and you know maybe some differences but we would love to get a female perspective how many conversations that I have heard from marketing through to engineering through to problem solving when you get a balance at the time table the the thought process is far more richer and and in depth do you find that too people are missing out if they don't yes. allow both to the table you know that that diversity into the table and i love how you say that my quote from um, shirley chisholm is if they don't bring you a seat at the table bring a folded chair and so the <laughs> biggest piece is we have to make sure everybody's thought process we cannot all think the same it's something that we can all bring to the table that helps the work get done and job get done. I'll give you an example of how sometimes we as females, especially engineers, have walked into a room and a lot of times get mistaken as an admin. And it's no offense to admins, but it's like, okay, I've got this degree, like as far as just as competent and earned it. And so I've had those opportunities where I've had to try to let guys know uh, with when I've walked into a room, a conference room, and let them know, hey, no, I'm responsible engineer. Like we're going to decide if we're going to use this equipment or not. And so sometimes we have to let them know. And sometimes they might not be conscious of that whole unconscious bias part of it. And so it's allowing them to see the value we bring to the table. And we all bring something to the table and we shouldn't exclude the thought process in the way 
we go about doing things at the table as well. Yeah, so true. And, you know, our response to that um, can really make or break the rest of the, the relationships. And I think sometimes, you know, a bit of humour, a bit of sarcasm or, or a bit of humour there can just break the ice. I remember years ago, and I've shared this, this, this um, uh, what, what happened, what I'm about to share many, many, many times. And I use it just as a, a, a bit of a, well, this come up with something so that you have it in your sleeve so that you don't have to be offended. You don't have to cause this awkward, you know, situation and everyone can have a bit of a chuckle and move on. And I remember I was only young at the time, but I, I was the admin person and we had a new person come in, a sales manager who was came from a large organisation to a small organisation. And he did not realise that not every telephone call had to go through one person. Um, and so when he said, can you get me so-and-so on the phone? I just looked at him and I go, oh, has your dialing finger gone on strike? And it was a bit of a, he stopped. We laughed at one another. And I said, you can actually make your own phone calls. We don't need to track all log. And it wasn't an awkward situation where I got offended. I just, you know, and, and it's our response too. We we can either feed negativity or, or we just move on and just share our brilliance. What would you say to that? I agree. I mean, that's the p- biggest piece of, you got to be able to know that we're all trying to get the job done. And just the big piece is, how can we work as a team? That whole teamwork and working together is key. And I think that's the biggest piece we have to learn when we're trying to get stuff done. And I'm, I just learned that from that piece of we got to work together. What is it that we need to do to get the job done? If there's yeah. help, ask for help. If we need help, ask for help. Because sometimes we might not know, but be willing to work together to help each other. I think is the biggest part that I've seen in this journey of learn, yes. wanting to get the job One done. Thing love to get your um, take on this too, Tiffany, and, and perhaps what you've done. And, and you touched on it just earlier that when we do enter into an industry that has primarily been very much male-dominated and they may not yet be aware of different styles and approaches that women bring, what women inadvertently do, or, or sometimes they just do this because they think, look, this is the only way they can fit in, they put on a mask. Mm-hmm. But then that really stifles some of the unique and what I call unique and uncopyable um, skills and strengths that you build to the table, you bring to the table. So if you're trying to hide that to become something and someone that you're not, you're not bringing the best of you. So how have you approached that? Have you had that happen to you? And what have you done to to give yourself permission to be the best version of you, no matter what team you're on or, or project you're working on? And, and it takes adjustment. I will say coming out of college and just adjusting to the environment, it can be sometimes challenging because you're like, okay, what I need to do to try to make sure they understand, I know, know just as much as sometimes you have to put on. But I think being your authentic self, I think reminding, your, reminding yourself that be authentic, be who you are, be genuine about what you know and what you're able to bring to the table. I think ultimately that's one thing that I has to remind myself of, definitely through my journey of don't put a mask on. Be honest and be with integrity. Um, That's the biggest piece, too, as well as be authentic in the work that you do. Because I will say with the industry I'm in, I'm in, uh, you know, dealing with safety um, and integrity. All of that plays a role with the work that I do. Um, We always talk about safety. So we have to make sure that we are being genuine, authentic, being, you know, worth the work that we're doing and not lying (laughs) Um, and, and being you know, we talk and there's a such thing as cold switching and having to turn yourself, turn it off and on, you know, from home to here. But sometimes it's OK to for them to know 
this is who you are and you bring some uniqueness to the table. And I think that's the biggest piece. But being authentic, being genuine and being honest, I think that's the biggest piece um, when you're working with others. And it helps build relationships as well as positive relationships. Um, and I'm not about the negativity, too, because sometimes that can be challenging and sometimes that on, on days. But yeah. be reminded that we're all there to do, get the job done, I think, is the biggest piece. Yeah, so true. You know, you spoke about authenticity and in integrity. And, you know, it, it, one of the um, resources that I keep my finger on the pulse just to see what's happening around the world is Edelman. They're a communication um, consultants. See, and what they do is every year they do an annual study to test and, and to just observe what constitutes trust at different countries, different levels of people. And it's interesting to see how the, the, the evolution of trust develops and shifts depending on what's happening in the world. Because of what's been happening, we have become far more sceptical, less trusting, particularly for, you know, different organisations, associations and so forth. But what has become apparent is people are far more um, sceptical and they want authenticity and relevance and that not only from an organization's point of view but also within a team because we can see right through bs can't we when someone is not being authentic um so that is so important um isn't it yeah yeah i agree i mean you know when somebody's being genuine and honest you know when somebody's making up stuff i'm like Mm, that's not even, stop just stop <laughs> so it's interesting to see how people you know maneuver their ways and their ways of going about getting things done and you just have to realize okay you got to be authentic you got to be genuine about the work that you do because the true yeah. colors come out it eventually you know what's done in the dark will come to light <laughs> and so exactly. you want to make sure that your integrity your reputation i mean all of that and your perception people perceive things early but what are you doing to make sure that you are um building your integrity and being right about things is important and building that yeah. trust. And that's where trust and relationships are built as well. And so, yes, definitely yeah. be yourself <laughs> in it yeah. as well. Reputation is key, isn't it? I mean, it can take years to develop and unfortunately it can be shot down overnight, depending again on, on actions and, and reactions and so forth. So that is uh, so important. Something else that's so important. I want to dive into this as well. I mean, there's been snippets of that, which you've shared today, but you say that resilience is really important important share a little bit about um, some of the insights maybe things that you've learned along the way that we can pass on to other women or even younger women who perhaps are entering into this into stem yes i mean resilience is key i mean it's all all of us have it in us i mean we all deal with they talk about the whole setbacks are just ways of comebacks you know just being able to know that you can come back regardless of whatever obstacles you may go through all of us have have to overcome something i mean nothing's perfect um, as far as being able to live life and you're going to live life and and what do you do to get yourself back up i've dealt with i mean i've dealt with the loss of a father um it's going on 17 years you know but he got to see me up to 25 years i mean i was established and all of that so we deal with loss i've dealt with a layoff i've dealt with being laid off you know you never know but thank goodness i was able to come back um and get the you know the same same job, got the same positions as far as trying to back with the company. It was in the work, but I had to relocate. It was a mindset shift. I was complacent with where I was. And getting out of that mindset helps the process as far as resilience as well. Not being complacent. I had to learn that. Um, one of the recruiters was like, your resume is great. 
But until you decide you want to move or go outside, you're going to be still stuck where you are. And that was one of those pivotal moments where you're right. <laughs> and then I was able to get my job back, but I had to relocate. And so, you know, just having the mindset, the resilience, knowing that things happen, but how do you overcome it? How do you take the, you know, pivot? You might have to pivot and it's okay. And show grace. I had to learn to show grace now more than ever through you know, the pandemic is shown a lot as far as things that we've had to overcome. So show grace to yourself. Um, show grace to others. I think that's a part of the whole resiliency part of things, too. So it's always a learning process daily. Um, but resilience is always is in us. And you're going to have to overcome something and just know you are worth it and it will happen. But you got to be able to be willing to, to take on the next step and not be complacent. Yes. <laughs> I mean, we could unpack and, and have a whole show on what you just spoke about, but that's so important because things happen, don't they? Circumstances change, as, as you said, but one of the key things was having the ability to um, change and be willing to change your mindset, your beliefs around certain things. Would you say that when you um, look back on the times where you did need to change and where you developed resilience, the things that were a challenge now have actually built the character in you that has become a strong foundation. It's continued to grow and grow and grow. When we look at it that way, we can actually grow from strength to strength to strength and you become far more resilient. And I share that because sometimes what we can do, if a circumstance, a situation happens to us, we've got two choices. We can either let it become a barrier and a block and continue to, to be very um, spiteful around it. And yes, it was a terrible thing, but how we grow through that is going to depend on our attitudes to how we see that and whether we're going to learn and grow. Would you agree? Does that I agree. Be important to you? Yeah, it's all about growth. Um, I, t I was telling someone that, you know, you got to constantly learn. It's always a learning lesson. Despite any of the challenges you might have, there's some learning process or learning um, aspect that comes out of it. So I take the negatives and everything and say, okay, what? how can I grow from this? And the feedback, being open to constructive feedback and, you know, criticism is important too, because there's always room for growth. And I think sometimes you have to hear what can you improve on. And I think that's the key part that we have to think about um, when it comes to the growth mindset and the resiliency and everything too. you know, knowing that you you're going to constantly learn and be willing to be open minded, I think is the piece that needs to be a part of it, too. Would you also say when you're looking at the the industry that you're in, I mean, you might come up with an idea and then you test it and it doesn't work. And then you've got to try different ways. You know, there, there's got to be a way. We've just got to find out what that is. That having, being in an industry that encourages that and requires that, when you look at how, well, how can I approach that into my personal life? And, and as you say, your, your mindset, is that something that in the industry, industry is continued to be trained and did you realize that you would actually be using that personally you know some of the principles that you're probably taught in engineering to to mindset you know w were you aware of it at the time or was that kind of an aha down the track aha down the track I mean I didn't know what I was walking into but when you learn we did have to learn okay with engineering there is a whole design process there's a whole 
you know, you're imagining, you're thinking, you're writing it down, you're brainstorming what it can do, but then you implement it and then you test it out. If it didn't work, what can we do to improve upon it? So there is a whole design process that we have to go through when it comes to the engineering design process, I will say, but you can apply that to life. I mean, we deal with things in life. How can we improve upon it? Sometimes the test you test, it's a test. Sometimes you go through a test <laughs> in life, but how can we improve upon it? It's one of the thought processes. So I love how you say yes how we can utilize the industry part, but how we can deal with life because yes, we all go through tests and everything too. We go through life and you, how, how is it that, yeah, you went through that test, but what are you going to do to overcome that test and everything too in life? And I love how you say, yeah. So as you said that, I'm like, I guess I have tried to approach it in life and haven't thought about that. As you said, that with my engineer. Now we also, with my engineering, with the industry itself, we say trust, but verify. I don't know if it's ingrained in us, but that is something we have to also do in trust, but verify. So yes, people can tell us different things, but we have to trust, but verify and make sure it is what it says, because we are liable um, when it comes to the work that we do. And so trust, but verify is another theme or something we've been taught. Um, and so mm -hmm. in life, you can trust, but verify, you know, you might have people you might not associate with, <laughs> but trust, but verify in the relationships, how are you building relationships? I think it's important to um yeah. with the people that comes to you because a lot of people come and they might not be for you and i've learned that in the process too of life um but you know there's seasons reasons <laughs> they talk about all that time frame um and everything too yeah. so so true and and I'm, I'm glad we're talking about this because i know that you know, particularly over the last three or four years, there have been many people that have been out of a, a role, that have been laid off. And so often we hear, well, you know, there is no choice. There's no moving forward from this. But there is always, there's always hope and there's always a different path forward. As you said, you needed to change some of your mindset around, well, I need to move. But had you held steadfast into I'm not moving would never have given you, you know, the opportunity to then get involved and then that kind of, it builds momentum to other things that are happening. If we're so steadfast and say, I am not moving, not shifting because this is not fair, um, that's not a growth mindset, is it? It's very, it's the opposite. Opposite. And as you say that, you know, if I hadn't moved, I wouldn't have had my book. I didn't write my book until I moved. <laughs> uh, so it wasn't until a lot of things that I accomplished I was stay, you know, staying where I was. But if I hadn't moved, a lot of the things that I've accomplished, you know, from this time frame wouldn't be where it is today. And so I look at that and be like, okay, you know, I thought this was where I wanted to be, but no, I shifted the mindset and what amazing things have happened since that move. You know, I've been able to travel to South Africa, do TEDx talks in South Africa, be on Forbes, write children's books, STEM. And so it's just amazing. Would I have been doing that where I was? I would never know, but I'm thankful for where I am now with what I've accomplished and the message that I've been able to get out there. And yes. that's the mindset. What I look at is I'm thankful for what I've been able to accomplish. And there's so much more for me to accomplish. And I cannot stay stagnant and complacent because there's so much more and somebody needs to hear my message. And so that is oh, what I think about. <laughs> so, so true. I, um, as you're sharing that, it, it reminds me, I have a saying that my worst business failure ever is the best thing that ever happened to me because it gave me the kick in the backside that I needed, you know, mm -hmm. and um, and it sounds similar to you, not that you needed a kick, but <laughs> um, 
that shift and what at that time seemed like, oh my goodness, you know, you've, I'm not wanting to put words in your mouth, but for me, I felt like my whole world was falling apart. Oh yes. my goodness, burnt out, all of that. But then when you rose above that and made those decisions, and they may have been tough decisions, look at what's been possible for you. I always say though, no, not that I need to have another big failure like that. I've learned a lot, <laughs> but, but I mean, can you imagine you would not have had the impact and the influence that you continue to have? had you stayed safe in that other role mm -hmm. definitely yeah. I agree yeah. I mean I look at that and I'm just like okay there's a reason for everything and there's a reason for all that happens like it is lessons learned from all of that and it's just made me grow from that experience and so I take everything that happens and reevaluate it um, as we go into different you know from year to year I'm thankful to make it to another year and so from that what am I here to do in my purpose. Mm -hmm. um, another quote from Shirley Ch um, Chisholm is, um, service is the rent we pay for the privilege of living here on earth. So as I'm here, I want to make sure I'm leaving a legacy. And so what me message do I want? You know, I want to make sure that they know that kids can get into these careers that if I can do it, they can do it too. So I'm, I'm passionate because as a female, um, underrepresented minority, I want others to be able to see themselves in these careers. So my message is the purpose of getting it out there so they can see the opportunities and the smiles on the face, the impact that I've made to know that when the kids come back or when they're older and they're like, I remember when you did this talk, when you talked to me and now I am that engineer. Now I'm in these type of careers. That's what makes me keep doing what I'm doing and the impact yes. that I make. So that's, that's just beautiful. And I, I think that speaks so brilliantly into what you say, the transformative impact of empowering others. Yes. Mm. Amazing. Share a little bit about the passion behind the story that you're sharing. And I, I ask it for this reason, how many women have got experience and life journey and challenges overcome that if they were to share their story, one girl no matter what age, may hear that story and it changes the trajectory of her life because she now has had her awareness expanded to, if it's possible for her, it's possible for me too. I mean, what an impact for you on your life, knowing that if it's one or many who have an impact, it's a ripple effect. That um, must be just so, so good to, to know that you're having that impact and influence on these young girls. Oh yeah, it's it's amazing. I mean, it makes me smile. I'll tell you when I'm going to talk to the kids, when I've done booths and vending mm -hmm. events, you know, selling my book, and in the back of the book is a picture of me. And so not only am I telling them they can be an engineer, they can be, you know, a doctor, veterinarian, any of these careers. One of the girls, her sisters, she's older. She says, y'all don't realize this is an author. She wrote this book. Like, <laughs> this is she even knew the value at an older sister. And it's amazing. After I signed the books, they would come. One of them, she came back. She says, thank you so much for being in the book. And it's just moments like that where it's like, okay, I planted a seed. And, you know, yeah. never know what's going to become of it. But at least I know that I made that one impact um, to, that's going to, plant that seed for them to be able to grow and know that they can see themselves in it as well. And so not only am I allowing them to see that they can be authors, that they can use the creative side and become an author as well. They can write their own book. They can tell their stories. And so it's, it's amazing the journey that I've taken to be able to empower these girls and women.
Oh, absolutely. And and I'm so glad and thankful that you did. If you if 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 someone was listening today and then thinking, oh, I don't really know, is my story worth worth sharing? What was it for you that had you step out courageously and say, you know what, I am going to share my story? Was there some thought process around that too for for you? Other than to say to people, just do it, go out there and share your story. I know that's sometimes easy for us to say, but right. there may be some mindset things that people need to, to experience and go through what would you say to her what was the, the thought process for you right it was the moment when you know i would go talk to the kids and i would ask them how many's made an engineer raise your hand and not many hands would go up i was like okay so when i started doing the hands-on activities start telling them how engineering is fun i would ask them at the end how many have met an engineer now all hands should go up and so it was that pivotal moment where i said okay i need to put this in writing I need them to see that they can be any of these type of careers. So I started with the alphabet book. What can I be? STEM careers from A to Z. And it was that pivotal moment. Actually, on Facebook, um, Crystal Swain Bates, she was, so it was a challenge. How to have your five-day best, you can best-selling book in five days, how to learn it. So I learned the publishing process, and I was able to learn how to write my book, publish my book. And from there, I mean, the sky's the limit. I've been able to get it translated in Spanish, French, Swahili, and Italian to color and activity books to now a series, STEM Crew Kids Adventure Series. And so the sky's the limit on just the impact. But it was that pivotal moment where I said, these kids have never met anyone that looks like as an engineer. And so I wanted to put it in writing. And so the journey's been on as far as getting the message out there. But that was the message. I want them to know that they can be any of these type of careers. And it starts with the book. And I will say growing up, I didn't see books like this growing up. And that's the yeah. things where I know that I'm also making an impact by being a, a children's book author, because a lot of them have never seen any of these type of books as far as especially STEM books. I mean, I didn't see a book when I was growing up <laughs> talking about STEM. <laughs> and so now I'm just knowing that I'm putting it in there as far as science, technology, engineering, math. These kids can start seeing it. I have diverse STEM crew kids. It's all diverse kids. Um, and so it's just amazing. The, the pivotal moment was when I saw that those kids have never met anyone that looks like me as far as an engineer. And I said, I wanted to put it in writing. Amazing. And that that right there, what you've just identified could be something for someone else. What has been missing when you were growing up? What would you have longed for or wished? Hey, if only A, B or C, well, maybe that A, B or C is the path in which you now travel and walk and share your right. content. And I mean, even if it's just one, because that one can, you never know, you might have encouraged someone who enters STEM, who changes um, through their, you know, expertise and their thought, thought process, a huge issue in the work. You just don't know what that person will end up doing, you know? And, and um, yeah. Yeah. And with, I mean, with that, I'm not only now writing children's book, but I also am a publishing consultant. Now I want others in professional careers to do the same thing that I did. Take your career and turn it into a children's book. Tell your story so they can learn about your career. So I became a publishing consultant to help other professionals in the industries be able to turn their career, do just like I did, and put it into yes. a children's book. So I want to see more children's book authors because these kids, let's start early. Let's start early. But take your profession. Goodness and knows they need it because there's a lot of rubbish in the children's book section that's coming in. It let's empower and inspire what's possible for them, um, particularly for their, their career paths. It's, it's wonderful to hear because you can really see you've got that educator who, who what was your mother, I think you said? Yes, and mom said you, you can see them both coming through, you know. Um, and, and, you know, there's a saying, and I think I can't remember who said this, but everything is figureoutable. 
you can figure something out. If you don't know something, go and learn it. And as you said, you learn how to publish and now you've ed- you're now educating others to do that as, as well. Yeah, the sky's, as you said, the sky's the limit. You, we're only limited by what we think is possible and what we can do. And, um, oh, my goodness, I've just so enjoyed today's conversation. Tiffany, how can people reach out and find out more about what you do and perhaps how they can work with you and get be mentored by you to perhaps publish a book? What's the best way for them to do that? The best way is, and I have free goodies, I have some free goodies, um, <laughs> is to go to www.stemistheway.com and you can get 10 STEM scholarships and organizations ebooks. So I've looked and researched various organizations for your kids to be able to get them exposed to the different organizations, scholarships as well. And then as far as if you're interested in publishing and learning about children's books and getting yourself a children's book, go to www.publishtherightbook.com. So www.stemistheway.com, get your kids exposed. And then if you want to become a children's book author, www.publishtherightbook.com. Fantastic. And I know that you're across socials. So look yes. up your name if they want to connect. And I know that you, you're sharing a lot of stuff across there too. That That is definitely yes. of interest. So, well, thank you so much for coming on the show. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Tiffany Teachy at Tiffany Teachy. Thank you. <laughs> awesome. Fantastic. Um, and and you know, and thank you also too for um for your resilience and through that resilience, not only bouncing back, but absolutely thriving yourself and helping others to thrive as well. Um, when they start to consider you know, opportunities that they may never have thought was possible for them. So um, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks for the opportunity. This has been great. (laughs) You are welcome. Hey, it's Anne-Marie. Before I go, are you a coach or a consultant who feels like the world's best kept secret? Your experience is vast, yet secretly you're frustrated because despite all of your hard work, you're just not getting the visibility, the recognition or new clients you'd hope for and you don't know why. I've created a free resource that'll help you build visibility, generate leads and enroll dream clients with ease because you're seen as a trusted authority, even in a crowded marketplace. And you've Position yourself as the choice versus just a choice for your dream client. To get started, go to annemariecross.com forward slash gift. That's annemariecross.com forward slash gift. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.